0: And Welcome into 11 personnel back like we never left like it feels like just yesterday that we were talking about a couple of commitments from not the state of Kentucky but we were talking about Destin Wade Keaton Wade and Keontae Goodwin and it, it wasn't just yesterday it was actually two three days ago but we're back and Kentucky already has another commitment
1: yeah, it's like we have a daily podcast here for, with eleven personnel. Yeah, it's April. But yeah, I'm uh good timing on the recruiting getting rolling. I will say that we get right out of spring ball and we get some uh, some more football content to dive into.
0: Yeah, and particularly because the uh, the big recruiting news happened typically when we spend our time breaking down the blue white game, and we didn't have right. a blue white game. I was uh, man seeing all those spring game tweets. Look, and I know you were a little envious and jealous like myself.
1: Yeah, l- last Saturday, the 17th, was kind of like the big spring game day. Mm-hmm. You had, I believe it was eight, seven or eight SEC teams playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Kentucky had a quiet scrimmage Well, the
0: I know the, the big uh, talking point kind of on mo- Sunday, Monday was – I can't believe they let the, the rich folks in to watch the scrimmage. And I'm just, I'm still at a, I just can't believe that they didn't put it on TV because yeah, it's not a big deal if, if everybody can watch, um, because like, we know the rich people, they, they go to tons of stuff that we don't get to. It just, it just sucked because this was the one time that normally everybody gets to watch.
1: Yeah. I've defended Kentucky for a lot of that stuff. I think a lot of the stuff they did they think was defendable. Obviously the beer issue is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I don't hate catering to the one percenters, especially with the program needed money and investors and all that all that good stuff. And I think some people that complain about tailgating and tickets, I think they're just complaining to complain, like <laughs> from a guy who's had season tickets and had to figure out how to tailgate. We I I haven't had any issues. Right, right. Um, so from that aspect, I, I understand it. But they were very Cold War about information in the spring. Oh, man. And so they didn't want anything getting out. And it, they, they just they, they just used it as, you know, we're not going to let anything in. I, and I think that's a mistake in the common day. Like, you've got to promote your program a little bit. Like, you just cannot depend on Forty-five thousand people going up to season ticket windows and laying down all their money,
0: especially for COVID season two. Yeah, we so, really need that ticket revenue. Like
1: when, yeah, when season ticket sales maybe struggle this year. You know that's part of the problem. And then, like, if you're going to be shut down, but you're letting letting some fans in but not others, and you don't do any media access, which now I, I know it's it's rich coming from me now. Now that yeah. I'm a full-fledged media member. But it just, I mean, you know, that's how when I was a fan, that's how I would get information. Yeah. It was from, you know, the media at least getting to see practice. Well, and yeah, instead of and, having to parse through um, some coach speak,
0: especially whenever they're saying, hey, we're going to have you after practice on Tuesday. And then, oh, eh, 24 hours before. Sorry. Yeah. Can't yeah. I mean, that.
1: whatever happened there happened. I'm not, I'm not going to get two sour grapes on that. But I just, I feel like it was a mistake. Like, they could have figured out something, and I think they were very comfortable with, like, saying, nah, it's okay, we'll just go through without (laughs) allowing anything.
0: Yeah. Especially
1: every other other conference – or not every – excuse me, every other team in the conference did something, even Mm -hmm. the teams that didn't have a spring game.
0: Right, right. And, you know, I'm kind of laughing through it now at this point because you know i you, you can't change their minds anymore it's, it's the deed is done right i'm just still we couldn't get e- even the boring parts of practice you know cuz i i can only trust what uh broadway joe who got to attend practice says so often you know what i mean there, there's only so much you can do and trust and even just to make a day out of it you know, I I don't want to say that KSR is the the end all be all, but having a Tuesday in the middle of April when nothing else is happening, you had a bad basketball season, the worst basketball season, having a Tuesday where all the big UK websites are just talking about how great your team is going to be, that 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 helps, especially when they they even had the season ticket renewal deadline on Friday put it on Wednesday, the the Wednesday before, get us out there.
1: You're going to get some extra tickets. It's just, that's how this works. It, it was a missed PR opportunity. I think not to do that. They've had a lot of good things happen in the off season. They've got that bowl win momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, they closed strong in the class of 2021, 2022. Now it's getting rolling. Like there was an opportunity there in between um, to get some public, I guess, talk about their football team and they just passed on it for you know whatever reason I think they were very comfortable to sit on it with all the new stuff they have going on so I I just but I think they'll look look back on it um in which they would have done done a little bit different but hopefully they learned from missed opportunity I think it was wrong not to at least have a little something I understand maybe you not want to have a spring game but you could have figured something out for a practice or something or at least give a little more highlights in the clips. Like even the clips they release are very like they're the, not showing who's passing the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very vanilla. It's tight shots from the sideline where there's somebody blocking your view. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> <I> mean, right. <laughs> uh and and the thing too is you you had the scrimmage and I felt like we did learn some things, like like we got some stuff for the first one, but I haven't heard a ton of stuff from the second one either. Even some you know, this guy had a big play. I know Rashawn Lewis was one of those names that hadn't heard in a while, but we, we didn't even get that. And I think partially some of it was because people were so consumed by the recruiting. So let's get to the recruiting. You had the big weekend. And then three days later, you've got another kid committing on KSR. Josh Caddis is the latest addition of, to UK's 22 class. He comes in ranked uh, as a three-star prospect. I haven't seen how it's affected the rankings yet. I haven't checked that out, but Kentucky was top 10 after the weekend. I'm I'm sure they're just going to probably stay the same after the addition of Caddis. He's not the highest-ranked guy, uh, but he is a big guy at about 6'3", 6'4", 240 240 pounds uh, from Cincinnati Muller High School. And even though he doesn't have the rankings when you got a guy that big from a school like that, it's, it's going to stand out no matter what, like it.
1: Yeah. And he's the seventh tight end that Kentucky has brought on since Maryland Stoops got here from the state of Ohio. So that's one specific position where they've hit that state hard uh, for prospects. He'll be uh, the third molar member on the team next year joining Carrington Valentine, Brendan Bates, and he's a. Pro style tight end. He's 6'4", 245 pounds. He's been well coached. He's got a strong pedigree. Dad played at Michigan. Dad played in the NFL for a handful of seasons. And he's got the size and play strength, I think, to contribute right away if you needed him to. Um, There's a lot of Justin Rigg in his game. As far as from a blocking standpoint, he's really has a lot he can bring to the table. And at Muller, they ran a lot of some stuff. They'll run at Kentucky with some of that split zone type stuff and he also does some stuff out of the slot where he makes blocks in space so blocking number one is his meal ticket and mm-hmm. that's really where he makes a difference and then as a passer he does he does a good job of having natural pass catching abilities catching the ball away from his body he's got some extension type grabs um so he shows some good ball skills so really this is a scheme fit i think um, kid from all i think it's a culture fit for the program mm-hmm I think he, this kid's going to come in right away. He's pretty polished already. He's going to be able to help you, I think, as soon as he gets here. And as far as the new scheme goes, I think tight end is going to be a very important position. We heard Cohen talk about in the spring. They're going to use 12 personnel a lot. And I think uh, Josh Caddis can be a guy that can come in and really, really be a anchor there on the end of the line as a blocking threat and then can do some stuff in your play-action pass game.
0: You you really hit it there too in that he is this big strong physical guy, but he's not necessarily just bowling over dudes. Like there there's some there's some tact to his game. Uh, yeah, particularly he... after the the yards after contacts. What I appreciate because it's one thing to just have strength to be able to bully dudes. It's another thing to get hit, keep your balance, and keep moving forward. Keep those legs turning. That's a skill that. Has to be learned. It's almost like when you're really little and you have to learn how to get tackled, learning how to break through those tackles and keep your shoulders above your knees and use that strength as an advantage. He, he has that.
1: Yeah, I mean pedigree NFL tight end as a dad, um, strong program at Moeller. Like he's just been coached well. Mm-hmm. Like he's probably pretty close to his ceiling um, from a technique standpoint. And I'm 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 assuming he's probably been in a weight and conditioning program. Last couple yeah, of years yeah, in high school, yeah. it's a safe um, assumption. <laughs> so like he's he's coming in here, going to be ready to go. I mean, he's six foot four. Um, recruiting size lists him at two thirty five. His huddle says he's two forty five. So let's just call it two forty. Meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. He he's ready right now to be to be a guy that can that can buck there at the line of scrimmage and be able to hold up at the point of attack, um, and in the blocking. I think he's really technically sound. His hand placement is great. He finishes blocks because of he wins early. He gets inside on defenders, and he allows his power to take over. So I think just from a blocking standpoint, I think he could have a very very similar impact that Briggs kind of had, and then you know sprinkle in pass game every now and then. But it's a it's a quality recruiting win. He had ten Power Five offers, had Ivy League entrance, so he gets mm-hmm. it done in the classroom as well. Smart guy, you bring it into your locker room, and then it looks like he you know he ended up being Kentucky and Cincinnati, and he picked the Wildcats over Cincinnati, which. They're recruiting at a power five level um, up there with Fickle right now. So that's a quality recruiting out of their own backyard. Um, and as a guy, I think you could expect to come in and maybe play some as, as a freshman, uh, just from a blocking aspect. But if you wanted to get in some heavy sets, he could be an extra blocker there for you. And then just another good, solid tight end I think they have brought in. And I think this is going to be a position of strength as we move forward. You look at um, Jordan Dingle. And then now Caddis, and then what they have, I th- and I think it's important to remember Upshaw could go early, like if he has a big year. Yeah, wouldn't he, be this surprised. is his fourth. Yeah, it's his fourth season, so I think if he has a big year, it's not. It wouldn't be a shock if he goes early, so they could need him to play some mm-hmm. next year.
0: What uh, I also like to, I mean, you mentioned who you beat him over, and those were the direct. You know, Cincinnati was the the, the big suitor down the stretch, but I do love that the optics from some of the the other schools he beat him over so as you said his dad was an nfl tight end he also was a tight end at michigan all big 10 tight end who caught passes for jim harbaugh right and jim harbaugh is now the coach at michigan Uh, alan true who does stuff for i think the detroit free press Amy does stuff for 24 7 had a story about harbaugh offering him the scholarship back in the day and it's like so you mean to tell me this kid chose Kentucky when in theory he could have gone and played for his dad's old quarterback at his dad's alma mater? That just screams awesome. And then you know, it was only a week or two ago that Jody Dimling said that he was U of L's top recruiting target at tight end. And ah man, it goes back to over the weekend when you've got Keontae Goodwin from the city of Louisville picking UK. You've got the Wades leaving the state of Tennessee. is their other top uh, suitor, and you're picking Kentucky over. Just beating your rivals and beating guys like that, it it feels great. I mean, ah, I, I can't I can't love it enough. I really can't.
1: And in this 2022 class early, they're really hitting some metro areas hard. Mm-hmm. We've got commitments from Detroit, Cincinnati, Louisville, Atlanta, and Nashville. Yeah. So you talk about that. What's that five hour radius that coaches talk about all the time.
0: I mean, that's the day trip. Five, six hours. bright. <laughs> all those cities fall. Washington.
1: All those fiddies are all those fiddies, all those cities fall within that six hour circle of Lexington, that radius of Lexington. Um, so those are places you want to consistently recruit to. And they're, they've hit all of them early in this class, which is something I don't think they, I, I have to look up if they ever hit um, from all those areas, in one class, um, but they're doing it early in this class. And we talked about the momentum piece. Last year's class never really had that.
0: In um, no, this year's class,
1: no. They've got it right now, um, and they're rolling. Um, there's a couple more announcements coming down the pike. Alex Safari on May 7th, a corner out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Kamari Landers, I think that's his first name out of Detroit, an offensive lineman on May 9th. Um, they very well could get both of those kids when the, when those two pop. So I don't think this momentum is going to slow down anytime soon. It seems like they're going to get into the summer and really have maybe, you know, 15 – 16 commits by july yeah maybe have most of that class for the most part wrapped up and then you're just going after some big fish for the last Mm -hmm. you know five months or so
0: doing that and doing some retaining you mentioned Detroit. you ever been to detroit i have not i haven't either i hear it's not as bad as people say and it's also you know short drive to windsor here windsor's pretty nice
1: i've never really realized how close it was until recently yeah not
0: that far away. I know I had a friend who they they made a big when we were younger. We played on the same uh AU team back in the day, and I was very envious because they went to the basketball up at Oh I yeah. Guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that technically Ford Field? Yeah. Yeah, I Still didn't know Fordfield. if it was there or if it was the Silverdome at the time. But the basketball, I guess that was Rondo and Sparks against Michigan State and maybe 04? I
1: think it was before Sparks. I think Sparks came in in 05. It was like Eric Daniels Gerald okay. Fitch, Fit. that O
0: fourteen, 14 Gotcha. gotcha. Um, because then the following year, that's when they lost to him uh, in that Elite Eight game. Right, right. Damn Paul. That Jones. was with Sparks.
1: I think Sparks was sitting out.
0: For I think transfer. he was on the team,
1: but yeah, he was sitting out for transfer.
0: That sounds right. That sounds right. Um, I'll digress. Man, I, I, I want to commend you on a social media post you had, um, completely unrelated to football. But I will agree with you wholeheartedly that volleyball does, in fact, have the best names for statistics.
1: Yeah, for sure. I was even looking up at like I won't say they were advanced statistics, but like intricate volleyball names, mm-hmm. and they've got some good ones. Pancake, is yeah, a, pancake is, is one. used
0: there, and that's quite literally—you make your hand like a pancake and you slide it under the ball. I don't know how. I, I'm amazed at what some of the refs see because that ball is moving so fast. And to be able to yeah. tell if their hand I'll, I'll, gets under it or if it well, hits the line. Yeah, that's
1: where I like. There's, I was watching a little bit last night and there was five or six where I was like, I ain't got a clue. Tennis is the same way too.
0: Yeah, I don't know yeah. how they,
1: how they, that ball is moving so fast.
0: And how they, the thing with tennis that just, it bugs the bejesus out of me when stuff like the Auburn game happens and we don't have one damn angle of the goal line. When tennis, they do the little tracking thing, yeah, and that it shows awesome. you exactly, exactly where the where ball is hits. hitting. Like, right. how the hell have we not gotten this done with football? All the money we have invested in football, mm-hmm. and you can't see if the ball crosses the plane or not? What the hell?
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't understand it. Your wife played
0: a volleyball back in the day, am I correct? wasn't she a she volleyball no
1: taylor was not a volleyball player ah okay team cheerleader
0: team cheerleader no so what's it like to be uh married <laughs> to a cheerleader I, I immediately think of the the booze cruise uh episode uh where Ray no. Adams is doing a w e is so me awesome awesome it's really sad that i can remember a cheerleaders chant from an episode of the office i have a problem
1: uh, uh, when you said office the first thing i think of is they go to i can't where um mindy kayling's character has that party oh, Ma- michael tells him it's a cost his girlfriend it's a costume party is <laughs> the diwali. Yeah, diwali yeah yeah
0: there he goes you said it was a costume party <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that's what i think oh, of. Man great episode then he asked her i think marry her there or something
0: yeah yeah pretty wild um but uh shout out to the uk volleyball team they they are awe some awesome uh and the thing is is i've watched you know I've, i've watched them previously they haven't ever looked this kind of in control so i'm very excited to see what happens on thursday uh and ho- hopefully they can get to the ship on, on Saturday. The the Washington team they're playing, they're the, you know, the, that 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 lucky uh, rabbit's foot's got to run out of juice sometimes because yeah. they were – they the, the game was basically over in the fifth set against Louisville. They were down 5 nothing, then 10-4, 11-5, and found a way to win. They've won every game in five sets, and UK yeah. has not played it sounds the third like set. Yet. it should
1: be them and who's the number one seed.
0: Wisconsin who played Wisconsin. poorly against right. uh,
1: Texas, Florida, Florida. Florida. They,
0: they, they're playing Texas and Texas. Okay. Good. So that game should be pretty contested in the nightcap. Uh, but man, yeah. it, it would be awesome if UK could get it done. It's a shame. Can't, you know, the time that they're crushing it, you can't fill up the stands because they draw some big crowds that final four. Uh, so.
1: Yeah. I've seen, I've watched those in the past and it gets pretty,
0: <clears throat> excuse me. It gets pretty rowdy. You need to get there, that frog out of your throat, buddy.
1: Yeah, come on. I think we're good now.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Get, get that out of there. Um, let's go back to spring football. It's kind of over here to stock football, I guess. As I said before, we didn't have the sort of, oh, you should have seen so-and-so's catch. I think some of it, I think that is a byproduct of actually a good thing. And that's some of the, Plays that might have otherwise been extraordinary in previous years are becoming more routine. Where, hey, uh, as Brad White says, they got some beaters out there. There's just mm-hmm. some plays where they're going to beat you on. And I love seeing in some of the the photos that you have good defenders, guys like Taj Dodson, who received a lot of credit, chasing guys down the field over the top. Because, I mean, especially a year ago, Josh Ali is getting so much attention. There's no way he's running free. But in, in, in the play action and the kind of how they're scheming guys open. I, I from a big picture standpoint, I did something on what we learned from the offense, and that was kind of more in the from a personnel standpoint because, like I said, we didn't really get to see what Cohen's going to do. We just know that it's kind of like the Rams. But I think the whole debate over what was wrong with the passing game is like, well, maybe guys just can't get open. I don't think guys were schemed open enough last year, and this should be a new byproduct of Liam Cohen's offense is that he is going to be able to scheme guys to get some separation, to make the quarterbacks have some easier throws and really stretch out that defense.
1: Well, the thing with last year was teams were just press man in Kentucky and they couldn't get off press coverage on the outside. So no one was open. And I think the big selling point with Cohen was, I think they talked about this either at Stoops or Cohen and, the introductory press conference was that he showed what he can do from a schematic standpoint, formation standpoint where he could get defenses out of that and where you can make, where you can get them in predictive coverages, and then you can run stuff off of that where they they can't, they can't press you. A lot of it was like condensed bunch type formations, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so, yeah, I think that's, that, that's been a big selling point. I think overall, the players seem excited about this offense, and even we've heard it a lot from the defensive players too. You know, in these settings, it's a lot, like, especially in spring ball and fall camp, it's a lot of, you know, offense and defense is going at each other. Ones versus ones too. Yeah, and they're not, like, going to be super complimentary of the other mm-hmm. party because that's who you're facing. You don't right. You don't have an opponent. That's who you're going up against, and, you know, it's a competition. But we've seen the defensive guys go out of their way and be like, it's totally different. Like they were very complimentary of the offense right? Um, in right. more ways than one, which I think is is probably a good sign.
0: No, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, to, to get a little bit more into the weeds, let's just share some of our most pleasant surprises. Hell, they don't even have to be the most pleasant. Let's talk about our surprises from spring practice. What get you get to go first.
1: Yeah. Number one, ladies first uh, Jeremy Flax. And Cohen's words is a a cornerstone of the offensive line. So he's locked down that right tackle spot. And we now know what the starting lineup is going to be on the offensive line Mm -hmm. with Austin Dotson as your third guard. And now assuming Quentin Wilson is holding down center, which it seems like he is. So that I think was a positive development. That was a guy with a lot of talent coming from the JUCO ranks. Sounds like he's gotten in shape and that he's, I would assume he's playing really well at that right tackle spot, I think is a very, very good sign. And was a surprise to me. I didn't think we'd hear about hear that in spring ball, that anybody had locked down that spot. That would be a wide open competition going into the fall, but it seems like that's, that's his to have. And then it's all about the twos who, who's going to emerge from that group to maybe how get healthy PT. is
0: Nasir Watkins, you know, we just right. we got no idea. Um,
1: yeah, well uh, they, if he's if he's healthy to go, then you got, I think, three good tackles there.
0: Yeah. Search can
1: play both spots in a pinch. Mm-hmm. And then you got three good tackles there. And if Jagger Burton comes on, like it sounds like he is, then you got two solid guard options off the bench. So you're looking at you could be eight deep by October, which would be a very good place to be on the offensive line.
0: Yes, no, you're exactly right. And it'd be kind of like going back to the the early days where they were just running in nine and just right. keeping John Toth in its center. Uh, right. Which, man, that was five years ago. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I-, I was having this conversation with uh, my radio co-host, TJ, today over on Kentucky Roll Call. If you don't listen to it, we, we talk every morning, 7 to 9. It's pretty good stuff. Look us up. Uh, he uh, said, man, it's already – you know, we were making all the four twenty two. It's already April 20th? Like, Derby's yeah. next week. <laughs> you know, I did. Tom, for as much as uh, the, the pandemic time really stood still, now that things are going and happening, it feels like it's flying by. Uh, but to, to, to bring us back, uh, one of the surprises was a bad surprise, and that was the Achilles injury for Derek Jackson. You almost, you hate to say it, but you're almost good for one bad injury a spring. I know Justin Rigg had some, Frequent dumb ones like he lacerated a spleen, I believe. in mm-hmm. one yeah, uh, Which sounds th- terrible. Oh, yeah, it sounds awful. You had some LB injuries, pretty. Fr- it, it that position does take a lot of a lot of blows. Uh, because Jamin Davis, he led as a true freshman, led the spring game in tackles, filling yeah. in for I want to say Jordan Jones back in the day. So those injuries do happen, but to tear an Achilles and a non contact that stinks especially the way that that position really feels snake bit right now, where you you kind of have, if you're John Summerall, you have this pecking order in line of how you want things to progress in your position room, and his plan just keeps getting thrown out the door. And credit to him for keep finding ways to adapt and adjust, because short, I, did Davis, did he announce he was going before Wallace got on board? I believe so. You know, so Davis dips out and and then you go inside yeah i think wallace. that's right <laughs> you know so he, he's found a good way to uh to adapt but it's just man it's tough it's tough sliding especially when jackson was coming along in the spring and you, you you hate to hear it for him
1: yeah linebacker both outside and inside they're just thin, mm-hmm. like getting real a little too thin you know you need a thrower and martez thrower and Trevor wallace to get here in a hurry You've got to hope Luke Fulton is maybe ready to play and help you right now. And then hopefully Wallace can get up to speed right away. But even on the outside, man, you know, the lot's riding on Weaver getting back healthy. They need Wright to be a, a steady and force. And we heard about that medium spot. They're going to lean on, I think, safety um, to play a lot this year. They're going to be a lot of sub packages, five, six defensive backs on the field at a time. So, yeah, I think that's a big storyline entering the fall is just – the linebacker depth do they visit it in the portal here at in the next month or so to try to address um, the issue maybe at both spots um, i think it's something going to be something for us to monitor but yeah linebacker I'm, is definitely I'm a concern certain
0: they're going to get one at least one uh, probably at, at outside um because you i mean you already did get one in Luke Fulton and yeah and you know i they like him, but I don't think he's he's completely ready right away. He can yeah, be serviceable. He's
1: great. I mean, he hasn't played much.
0: Yeah, uh, and then Jared Casey is kind of similar in that he's coming along, but how much how how much are you willing to trust him? And I think that's yeah. going to ultimately help them decide if they're going to go get somebody or not.
1: And with Summerall's comments about Casey, the big thing was I think they're excited about him. I think they've seen a big jump from him since he's moved over. Mm-hmm. I think long term. I think they think he's going to be a pretty good player, but they're not ready to put too much on his plate. I think they really want to keep him at that will spot mm-hmm. and, and kind of make that seamless transition for DeAndre Square and to be an important backup for Square because he's shown that he's he's had some issues staying you know healthy through a full twelve game slate.
0: And Square also has the mental fortitude to move over to Mike but you, you bring up the durability issues and you don't want to.
1: Yeah. That's one of those. I think that's one of a position like you've got a very good will linebacker.
0: And then just an okay, Mike. <laughs> or...
1: Well, you don't want to, don't want to sacrifice a very good spot, move him over to a spot where he might not be as good. And then the guy you're replacing him with isn't as good as my will. or right, who well, he, him at will. So I would keep him there. It's just figuring out that who you're going to put plug in that next spot. Mm-hmm. And Casey, I think, is going to get some snaps there. But I think Summerall's comments were that, you know, he complimented him a lot, but he also said, we don't want to put too much on his plate yet. Um, so I think they're still trying to bring him along slowly. So then that just leaves kind of, at Mike, at least, Fulton and Trevon Wallace. And, I mean, that position is a lot to ask of a true freshman to come in, especially early – or not early enrollee. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's going to be very interesting what they do there. Um, It's going to be something to monitor. I think they really need to highly consider potentially bringing in a transfer because separate from outside linebacker, you can easily go sub package and take it off the field. There's no real taking the mic off the field.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You have to have somebody in there in the middle. So I mean, it's just it's tough, and they've had a lot of turnover there lately, which scares me. They're kind of due for kind of a step back, I think, at the spot after losing the quality players they've lost. So, I mean, they're going to have to, you know, hopefully they can figure out something. But that's a worry for the defense, I think, for sure, this season.
0: If they do go to a portal, to the portal, I know of at least one name that's not in there yet, but was would be a nice stopgap that... Previously, it was a four-star recruit and just played at the power five level. Yeah, that's so, all you're.
1: That's all you're looking for. If so you do just, go to the portal, you're just you, looking for a guy that's played, been in some wars. He doesn't have to be great. Just somebody who could be serviceable for you there. In like you said, a stopgap to potentially give Wallace time to grow into the spot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if he if he if this guy jumps in. You'll know who I'm talking about. But, uh, well, you know, we've got to play the wait-and-see game with that. Who who knows where U.K. is going to end up going ultimately. But ultimately, like it, next spring surprise.
1: Next one was just Cohen coming out and not shying away from it that Chris Rodriguez is going to be the feature guy of this offense, that they're going to ride him for, what, 25 carries a game. And he said that like the second practice, so there wasn't much <laughs> – we got to get him
0: the damn football.
1: From a from a <laughs> football standpoint, with the new coordinator's own eyes that he saw, but yeah, that's a big emphasis point. I think that yeah, he's gonna they're gonna ride him. He's gonna be the workhorse this year, and I think that some fans wanted to hear, and something I want to hear, he was the most efficient player in college football last season. And to see him with a heavier workload behind a you know a still pretty good offensive line, I think it's something to be excited about. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that they they went all in that early and admitted it, I thought was, they caught me a little bit by surprise it, but I think it was a good thing to hear.
0: No, no, it's it certainly was. Um, it's just, we have a tendency during spring practice to overlook the obvious. Um, you know, you can only say so many good things about Wandale Robinson, um, but even he is a new guy. We know Chris Rodriguez is great, but you're not going to hear uh, a bunch of stuff about you know uh, how Chris Rodriguez is shining in practice because it's like, oh, well, duh. Uh, you know, yeah. But I, I will say one of those guys who I expect it from, but was nice to hear is that Josh Paschal has the the he's doing but, what we kind of anticipated him doing all along, and that's using his explosiveness to be a difference maker at defensive end because he's he's in that kind of tweener spot where he's. As a jack, he's a little bit too big. Um, you know, he's almost like a slow jack, but he's a fast. You're not twitchy bit. enough at jack. Yeah, yeah, but, but he's really twitchy for that position. We right. didn't see it much last year, but he's also, you know, he had to beat cancer by God. And then he also only, it, it takes time when things are moving fast. And I just loved hearing Yusuf Corker just beam over
1: how well he's played. Even Mark Stoops, too which he doesn't talk about anybody.
0: No, 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 no. But,
1: but Pascal was on the way to doing that last year, and then he sprained his knee against Mississippi State. Those first three games, he was as good as any interior defense lineman in the conference last year. He was a star and was well on his way to a monster season. And then he tweaked his knee and he just wasn't the same player. So, for me, it's all about keeping that dude healthy. Yeah, like, if yeah. I was coaching him, he wouldn't be. It. Like, when they're scrimmaging, we don't need to see you scrimmage. Like, that's – because he's a, he's a bona fide playmaker when he's 100% at that position. That's a perfect position for him. He's a guy that could get 12, 13, 14 tackles for loss in a season and cause three or four fumbles and just create a bunch of havoc on the inside. And that's right.
0: what they missed last year. They did not have a ton of of havoc in, in the backfield. Uh, they need that. And if Pascal is healthy and able to provide it, that, that also takes a little bit of stretch off the edges where, you know, then you might only need, if, if Wright's healthy, well, what then that, you might only need to rely on him as a, as a rusher and you can play a bunch of nickel.
1: When you have a player like that or a system like that, that that can do that, what that does, it just puts teams in passing downs earlier. And so then your pass rush can get ramped up. And then when you get teams – predictable pass situations and you can create a pass rush, that's where turnovers come. I, getting uh, teams behind the chains. That's what that's the name of the game. Getting them behind the chains. And then when you're second and third and long, um, the game is tilted toward the defense's favor there. And so if you can get that, if you have a guy that can consistently do that, consistently get you in second and 12, third and nines, that's that's a recipe for success. Love,
0: love getting Teams behind the chains. We will also love that phrase. It's a great football phrase uh, that we need to say more often. But as Pascal is one of those, uh, you know we we typically like to think about the future when it comes to spring practice. My biggest takeaway, the one that was most shocking to me, and the one where I'm going to be like hand up, I was wrong about this guy, is that Kyle Sharon's legit. That I, I, we I know we mentioned it a few weeks back, but. Uh, I certainly wrote him off when he was a guy that Henshaw handpicked to bring in Henshaw doesn't do well developing quarterbacks. You just think, Oh, well, yeah, I don't know about this guy, but not only does he have the big arm, but he's also got the kind of composure and demeanor you need as a quarterback that, you know, you can't tell from film. We saw him throw a a game-winning touchdown pass, put together a one minute drive to win a state championship game. But you know, there's also in the back of your mind that, okay this is, you know, no offense to two, a football. I love playing two, a football, but I mean, the dude was wide open on his touchdown pass. You know, he could have put it in the football. So like, you just don't, I, I I didn't know enough to have faith in him and for him to come out as an early enrollee and jump out like that, not only is it just good for the future, but man, when you miss on a guy like Gavin Wimsett, it, it just, you can exhale a little bit knowing that you, you've got some in the tank for later.
1: Yeah, with with Sharon, his junior tape I liked, um, but I wrote down when I wrote that piece, I wrote down in my like my own personal notes that I thought the Somerset offense was really good. I thought they schemed up that really well. There was a lot of guys open, but he had some traits there that I liked, and I wanted to see his senior tape. I was really excited to see his senior tape to see how he developed, and then he just got injured,
0: and there just yeah, wasn't much yeah, there. He
1: missed he missed quite a few games. So he's a guy. I think I've got on my to do list to maybe go back and watch some of his tapes to see if there was maybe something I missed there. But yeah, I think that's that's a big surprise. I mean, it was Kentucky over Marshall. There wasn't much. Interest there. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you, you can't blame us for being skeptical. You know.
1: Yeah. But so I, I mean, it's a long like that. It's we're hearing all this from a press conference setting. In true. People who, who have eyes on it, not not our own eyes. So we we have to see it. We don't know if it might just be coming against the threes and whatnot. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: So we'll see. But I think it's a, at least a promising development early in his career uh, that maybe he could turn into something. Yes. And so I think that that that's a good sign. Another guy who kind of fits in that same description as a big surprise. Um, this isn't guy on my list, but I think we need to throw him out there. Uh, Cleavon Thomas just kind of. Yeah, an yeah. emergence as a redshirt senior.
0: Oh, really thought he was going to be on his way into the portal after this. Yeah, I, I had I that think every uh, no, I think both
1: of us did, and a lot of other people did.
0: Yeah, um, but uh, very happy for him to make the most of this fresh start because you know how it is. Uh, everybody thinks a coach has it out for him. you know, and sometimes that actually might be the case. I don't know if that was Cleveland, but. Maybe he thought the coach had it out for him, so he yeah. wasn't doing what he needed to. You know, there's there's so much stuff happening in the minds of these college kids. We don't know. But I'm very happy that he made the most out of his fresh start uh, because clear that the coaching
1: change has helped him. A ton.
0: Yes, yes. And he was not the only one.
1: Okay. And then my last one, this guy came in, Wando Robinson, with all kinds of praise. We all know it. But I think the universal teammate praise he's gotten so far in practice – I think that's a very, very, very great sign.
0: you're you're exactly right. Um, I because you could have a transfer come in and be the cock of the walk, and
1: right. Well, yeah, he walks in like that, and all his teammates think that. And I guarantee some of the defensive backs are like, "I "I don't let me see this guy." Like they can talk all they want, but let's see him actually. Go out and make plays, and I think he sh- he's shown that the ability to do that. Josh Paschal, what did he he called him like a the um, the truth? I think yeah, the truth. Yeah, and so um, I think and it's become, it's come from multiple players. So I think he's going to be a guy that's all signs point to a monster season for him. It's huge season, yeah. No, you're exactly right.
0: And there's one other. Just I just was shocked to hear this player's name, but Rashawn Lewis made multiple big plays and scrimmages. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize he was still on the team. I just, you know, uh, just no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I, you, you just completely forget about those guys. They're really placing a premium on speed. Uh, and
1: Uh Yeah. And I think we're to a point with Kentucky's offense where we kind of know the base, what it's going to be. We know who the starting five is on the offensive line. We don't know quarterback yet. But we know they're probably going to be in twelve personnel more times than not, mm-hmm. with Rig and Upshaw and Bates rotating in. Yep. And then the two receivers are Wandell and Josh Holly, and then yep. Rodriguez holding the rock in the backfield. Like that—that's a—that's a good starting base. I, I feel like they feel comfortable with that that crew, and now it's just getting some other skill talent to come, come in as and well. help yeah, help out, yeah.
0: right? Chip in and uh, at least set the table for for more to come in the future. And as as you mentioned with quarterbacks, I can't believe we you know, we don't, we have a quarterback competition and we're going all the way to the end of a spring practice podcast without talking about the, the main two guys, but that's just because it's, it's far from decided. I think Joey Gatewood did, uh, do a little bit of separating where, uh, you know, we, we heard good things. We heard he was efficient. Uh, and, and that I think was the, the thing you needed to see most from him because we know he has the physical tools, but it's a matter of making the right decisions and making the routine plays look routine.
1: Yeah, I've liked what we've heard um, stretching the ball vertically as well if they've done, Stoop said. Yeah. I think that's a good sign. Um, because the intermediate pass game is nice, but you got to take the top off or that t- defense can just shut that stuff down. Mm-hmm. And that's Kentucky has not been able to stretch the field since 2016. Damn, five years. Another and so another they need to hit – like if you can just hit a, those deep balls – and defenses have to worry about that, then Kentucky can see some lighter boxes. And they've been running on heavy boxes consistently the last few years. And then I think the running game could even take off even more. Mm-hmm. And so if you just got to be able to, you know, hit hit, vert, hit some shots vertically, I mean, that, that's the biggest key, I think, to this season. It's really been the key the last three seasons. They just haven't done it. But if they can finally do that, there's a chance for the offense, I think, to kind of take off.
0: Could be special. It could be special item. Look at, well, we're going to get out of here. When we talk to you next, <laughs> it's going to be all about the NFL draft. Look, it's been cooking up a draft guide that will blow your freaking minds. And I've still got to pick some ponies, man. I I'm undecided on who yep. I, I know my Derby horse, but who are my Derby horse? We have a, we have, have a, a five horse box, right.
1: a mega episode coming next week with the draft and some Derby handicapping. So get ready. I'm it's going to be a big one. Yeah derby 10 11 days
0: ah smell it in the air we just Roush need super bowl we just need weather like today where it's 70 and have sunny. you looked at the extended forecast Don't, yet? i will no. not look at it until monday <laughs> of next week because i've been told that anything more than a 10 day forecast is only about 10 to 15 percent accurate really so, yeah yeah but we are you know we're getting a little cool down it's supposed to be snowy uh <laughs> Uh, tonight, going in tomorrow, so you probably see some shots of the track where there's, uh, you know, snow on on the horse barns and whatnot. Um, man, getting fired up though, like it. Spring, springtime in, in in Kentucky is a wonderful time. There's 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 a buzz in the air.
1: Yeah, I just hope we get good weather. It seems like it rains every Derby here lately.
0: Oh I, I no, too well. Didn't rain last year though, when nobody could go. Perfect weather.
1: <laughs> yeah, that don't, that one doesn't even count. Uh, yeah, they might as well have had that one in Texas. God, and of course, it would all have all been the same to us. Freaking perfect weather for that. Day.
0: But we're good, we're, we're due for some good karma. Things are coming up, Kentucky. They got recruiting momentum. There's about to be some dudes here, their name called in the NFL draft. We'll be here to talk about that more next week. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. This has been 11 Personnel. Remember, go Cats, go Kroger.